Hello everyone, this is Phil the Phaeologist, and uh, before we get started with this show, um, I'm still in the middle of my study break uh, from the show, but I just wanted to mention that we have some good news. If you like to listen to this podcast on various media, it is now available on Spotify as well as Podbean. And I looked at Podbean, and it looks like a pretty cool site to not only listen to a bunch of podcasts like this one, but to create your own as well. And so I just wanted to mention that and and give a shout out to Podbean for uh, being able to host my podcast on their website. So go ahead and give it a a check out, and I will catch you guys soon once I'm done studying. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Grepstein. Thanks. Welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. This is Grepstein, and I'll be your Phaeologist today. It's been a few days since we got our three newest brides released in Fire Emblem Heroes, so I'd like to take you through them, including going over their stats, skills, matchups, and finally, I'll give you my ratings of each of them. Before I get into the new heroes, though, I wanted to just say, wow, I was absolutely shocked to see Ares was the unit from the last banner to be demoted down to four stars. I actually rated Ares as the best hero on the genealogy banner, and I think it was a real treat to see him drop down to four stars to be able to pull him there. And as if that wasn't enough, he actually comes with brazen attack and defense at four stars, so that was really generous of intelligent systems to do that. So if you haven't already pulled Ares, I would definitely try to pull an Ares when you can. And I would definitely make him one of your top priorities to be a merge project of yours if you do try to get some merge projects going. He's not going to be the highest scoring unit in the arena, but I think he's an incredibly strong and fun unit to use with Dark Mistletane. And as I mentioned, when I talked about the genealogy units, just give him Vantage and a three cooldown special and he's going to obliterate a lot of the other enemies in the game. So I would actually make the case that Ares is the best unit that we've seen demoted from five stars down to four stars. We did get Blue Mage Reinhardt over a year ago, and he's obviously a stronger player phase unit, one of the strongest in the game. But when he was first demoted from five to four stars, he definitely wasn't as strong as Ares is now. And I think other people have pointed to Soleil as a really strong unit, too. And I agree, she's good. Uh, She has a really strong stat line, and that's what makes her really good. But she doesn't come with a busted weapon like Ares does. Fire Sweep Sword is cool, but it's inheritable, and it doesn't have nearly as strong of an effect as Dark Mistletane does. So... Some people have been wondering, why did Intelligent Systems do this? Why did they demote Ares? And I think it has to be to try to keep demotions unpredictable in the game. So they want summoners to not be able to guess which unit on a banner is going to be dropping down to four stars. That way, people don't know uh, that they don't have to pull for a certain unit because they can just wait for them to be demoted down to four stars. So I'm curious if you guys agree with me, if you disagree with me, do you think that Ares is the best four-star demotion that we've gotten in the game so far, or is there somebody else that you would make a case for? 
I'm curious what you guys think about that. Anyway, I wanted to just share those thoughts with you before we dive into the brides today. So let's get into the brides and I'll discuss some of their stats and skills. So let's start off with Bride Ninion. She is the very first ranged flying dancer in the game. Of course, she's the second flying dancer after New Year's Azura. And she's the second Blue Mage dancer after Performing Arts Shigure. Dancers are obviously a fantastic class of units in the game. They're really helpful to have. And if you don't have New Year's Azura, then I highly recommend trying to get your hands on a Bride Ninion. Not only can flying dancers be really good and built up really well if they're given fire buffs, but they also have unmatched mobility, at least to this point in the game, and they can help you train up units by flying onto spaces to dance for a unit that no other dancer in the game can get to. So let's take a look at Bride Ninian's stats. So at level 40 with neutral IVs, she has 140 BST, which is pathetic, but it's just barely above Performing Arts Shigure for the lowest BST in the game. Her BST is divided into 34 HP, 28 attack, 33 speed, 18 defense, and 27 resistance. She loses a ton of BST points for being a dancer and for being a ranged unit on top of that, so I really wouldn't expect her to be used very much in the arena. Looking at her weapon, she comes with a new weapon, which is called Fresh Bouquet Plus. It has 12 might. It gives a Hone Speed 2 effect, which gives plus 4 speed to adjacent allies. And it also gives her plus 4 speed, which is pretty nice when she has a unit adjacent to her. So Fresh Bouquet Plus can be refined, and it can be inherited by other units. I think it's a pretty good uh, weapon to have for a supportive dancer in the game, because not only is it going to help other units gain more speed, but it helps her gain more speed and survive enemy attacks. So another thing that's nice about Fresh Bouquet Plus is it stacks with her C-slot skill, Drive Speed. And so when a unit starts off adjacent to her at the beginning of a turn, they get plus four speed. And then if they end up being within two spaces of her, then they get another plus three speed. So that's really nice that those two skills stack up with each other. Thinking about some units in the game that might want Fresh Bouquet Plus, I think there's three options to consider at all. And two of them are really quick blue infantry mages. So one of them is Bride Sheeta, and the other one is Spring Lucina. They are fast blue mages. They can benefit from that plus four speed that the tome gives them. Uh, another unit to consider is the other dancer, uh, blue mage dancer in the game, and that's Performing Arts Shigure. And that'll help him be a stronger supportive dancer. So I've already seen some people in the game, they've built their Bride Ninion with Blarblade, and I think Blarblade is gonna be probably her best weapon if you have the resources, and if you wanna help Ninion reach her highest possible potential uh, offensively by putting her on a flyer team. But I think she'll do just fine if you use her as a supportive dancer and keep Fresh Bouquet Plus on her. So looking at the other new skill, that she comes with. So she also comes with Chill Attack. Chill Attack debuffs uh, the foe on the enemy team with the highest attack by seven. And I think it's really not a bad skill at all for a dancer to come with because it helps her survive herself and it helps her help her teammates survive too. The issue with 
chill attack coming on a dancer is that most dancers prefer Wings of Mercy as their B-slot skill. So I think it's kind of unfortunate that this is a skill that comes out on a unit that probably prefers a different B-slot skill. So I've already actually encountered a lot of arena defense teams that use chill attack on one unit and chill speed on another unit. And so far it hasn't really impacted me that much in the arena, but I would be on the lookout for people doing this because you really can't avoid these chill skills. You're just going to have to kill the unit with the chill skill in order to make them go away. A couple of units that you might wanna consider foddering chill attack off to include Brave Roy or Elliewood if they have Blazing, if, if Elliewood has learned Blazing Durandal, because both of them essentially have heavy blade built into their weapon and having chill attack will help them trigger their specials even faster. Any other units that have really high attack, you might consider it with, because then they can equip a heavy blade seal, or you can fodder them heavy blade A slot skill, uh, if you for some reason have some Ike sitting around in your castle. You could also give uh, chill, chill attack to an Owl Tome user. They're going to be able to use chill attack pretty well because they can boost up their defense and their resistance by being next to other units in the game. I think Green Dragon Fey, she might work pretty well with chill attack as well because she has pretty good mixed bulk. Uh, if you give her that, you might want to give her quick repost as her sacred seal though. So looking at the other skills that Ninian comes with, so she comes with dance. Uh, she comes with Drive Speed as her C-slot skill, but obviously you don't want to fodder this off to other units because Tail 2 comes with this skill at 4 stars. So it's a great skill, just don't fodder Ninian off for it uh, because you can get it at 4 stars already. So let's put Bride Ninian in the Mass Duel Simulator and let's go over the build that I'm going to use with her in the Mass Duel Simulator here. So for Bride Ninian, I'm going to keep her default Fresh Bouquet Plus weapon, but I'm going to give it a speed refinement. And I'm also going to assume that she has an ally next to her so she can take advantage of the plus four speed that she's going to get from this weapon as well. Uh, I'm going to give Ninian Moonbow as her special, Fury as her A slot skill. For her B slot skill, I'm going to give her Wings of Mercy. And for her C-slot skill, I'm going to keep Drive Speed. And I think the best IVs for Bride Ninian are going to be plus speed minus defense. But with Dancer IVs, it generally doesn't make a huge difference what their IVs are. So looking at Bride Ninian with this build in the Mass Duel Simulator, she escapes in the player phase when she starts combat. She's going to win 29% of duels. Most of her wins are over red units. She has just a couple of wins over blue units like Reinhardt, Olwyn, and Female Corrin. But I was a little bit disappointed, or maybe not surprised, but just kind of disappointed. She loses to a lot of red units that have distant counter. So Ryoma, Leaf, Sword Reinhardt, Zelgius, Ira, these powerful red units in the game, she's going to lose to most of them. In the enemy phase, when the enemy initiates the first combat in a duel, she wins 20% of matchups. So you're going to want to have her avoid taking hits as much as possible. When she has chill attack, let's, let's say we replace Wings of Mercy and give her chill attack, then 41% of enemies can one round KO her when she has chill attack active. 55% of enemies one round KO her 
without chill attack active. So it makes a pretty big difference in allowing her to survive attacks from enemy units when she has that active. So it's not a bad skill for her. It's just a tough decision between Wings of Mercy and Chill Attack. Now let's try what I think is probably her optimal build and give her Blar Blade and let's give her Fortify and Hone Flyer's buffs. So when we do that, she actually ends up with 76% of wins in the player phase when she initiates a duel. So that is absolutely so much better than how she does with Fresh Bouquet Plus. So if you're planning on making her an offensive unit and want her to reach a potential, uh, you're really going to need to sacrifice Blar Blade uh, and either pay the 20,000 feathers or um, I, I guess that's really the only way to get Blar Blade is to build up a unit from three or four stars at this point. So that's what you're going to have to do if you want her to be a formidable offensive unit. Looking at her matchups when she has Blarblade and, phone and uh, Fortify and Hone Flyers together, uh, then Zephiel is actually the only red unit that she doesn't KO. And she wins 77% of matchups against blue units. Effie, Winter Robin, and Harden are the only three units that regularly beat her. And she actually even wins 42% of matchups against green units. So she's much, much stronger with Blarblade than she is with her default weapon but she loses that extra support that she can give other units. So looking at where different sites have rated Ninian, Gamepedia placed Bride Ninian in their S tier, and she is tied with Love Abounds Lynn as the best blue mage in the game. Obviously, they both have very different roles. GamePress rated Bride Ninian as a 4.5 out of 5, and I think that they're going to end up placing her in the first tier, in the same tier that they placed New Year's Azura and Performing Arts Azura, which is one tier above all the other infantry dancers in the game. And I have to say, I think I agree with Game Press, and I would also give Bride Ninion a 4.5 out of 5 rating, primarily because she's a dancer. Um, but if you build her up with a Blar Blade, then she can be a, a fairly strong offensive unit as well. All right, now let's switch gears to Bride Sanaki. Bride Sanaki is the second green mage flyer in the game after Spring Camilla. She has 150 BST and it's divided into 35 HP, 36 attack, 30 speed, 16 defense, and 33 resistance. So just like her infantry version, she has pretty high attack and pretty high resistance but her defense is fairly low. Compared to Spring Camilla, the only other unit in the Green Mage Flyer category, her HP, uh, this is uh, Bride Sanaki's HP, is four HP lower, her attack is one higher, her speed is five higher, defense is 14 lower, and her res is 14 higher. So you can see she might fulfill a different niche than Spring Camilla based on her pretty big differences in stats. She comes with a unique weapon, which is called Niffle Frost Flowers, and I think that's interesting that Intelligent Systems is giving us non-original heroes with Fire Emblem Heroes-specific themed weapons. We'll see if they continue doing that uh, as they go along. Her tome gives her Attack Plus 3, which is built into the weapon, and the weapon has a semi-Owl Tome effect. It gives her just the attack and the speed times two times the number of allies within two spaces in combat. So I like this effect. 
Uh, it gives the player phase buffs that you would want with attack and speed, and it takes away the defense and the resistance, but it makes the range of the tome's effect a lot larger by giving it two spaces rather than just adjacent to the unit. So I think that's pretty nice. So looking at the boosts that this tome can give Bride Sanaki, if we combine with the plus three attack that the tome gives her default, uh, then she can actually gain plus nine attack, plus six speed just from her tome. And then if you add that to the plus five attack and plus five resistance that you might be able to get from triggering attack res bond, her default A slot skill, she's gonna be able to get plus 14 attack, plus six speed, and plus five resistance if she has three allies nearby her during combat, one of which has to be adjacent to her to trigger attack res bond. So that's incredibly powerful that just from her weapon and from her A slot skill that she can gain that many buffs. So she also comes with a new skill in her B slot called Defense Resistance Link, which seems to be the first member in what could be an interesting new set of skills. Defense Resistant Link gives her and an ally plus six to defense and resistance after either she uses a movement assist, for example, reposition, drawback, shove, etc., or she has an ally use a movement skill on her. So one thing that's cool about this assist skill or this B-slot skill is that if she, she can actually activate it multiple times in the same turn if more than one movement assist skill is used with her involved with it. Although one thing to keep in mind is that this skill produces visible buffs. So you can't do like two different repositions on the same unit and gain more than one set of buffs. The most you can gain is plus six to defense uh, and resistance. So I think for Sanaki herself, the plus six defense probably doesn't make a huge difference to her. Her defense and HP are pretty low as it is. The plus six resistance though isn't too bad because she has pretty good resistance to begin with. So I don't think this is a terrible skill for her, but she's probably not the best user of it. But if you do tend to go, uh, if you do go with this B slot skill on her, then if you're able to somehow give her hone flyers for a C slot skill, then she would by herself be able to give one unit uh, or maybe multiple units plus six to all stats if she's able to use a movement skill on them or if they use one on her. And she can do that all by herself, which is really strong. Or let's say you give her word flyers, then she can boost one flyer, maybe more, up to plus defense, uh, plus 10 defense and plus 10 resistance. So again, uh, there might be some good ways to synergize this skill with some other skills on Bride Sanaki's kit. So thinking of a few other units in the game that might want Defense Resistance Link, the first unit that came to mind for me is Refined Sigland Erica. So if you give this to Erica as your B-slot skill, she can boost her defense and resistance by plus 12 on a non-tactic team where she has an ally uh, using an assist on her or where she uses one on an ally. So I think this is gonna, you know, obviously this is gonna be strongest on a non-tactic team uh, because then she can go with an all infantry team or whatever build of a team that she wants. And that's really not bad at all to give her plus 12 defense and resistance with just one movement skill. And, you know, a lot of people go with reposition as a movement skill anyway, so it's not gonna really completely change how you build her anyway, I think. 
So this might work really well on Erica if you give her Distant Counter as her A slot skill. Uh, I think that's, you know, that, that's going to make her a really formidable enemy phase unit if you can do that. Another option is, um, well, well, so that's something that I'm considering doing myself on my Erica. So I, I don't know if I'm going to do that yet, but I'm considering giving her that as a B slot skill. So another unit you might consider this with is Refined Falchion Marth. And I think he's going to do really well with Defense Resistance Link 2 because he already comes with all of the boosts that you get from his Refined Falchion, the plus two to attack, speed, defense, and resistance. And then imagine Refined Falchion Marth using Defense Resistance Link on another unit. Uh, if he has Drive Speed as his C-slot skill in a Drive Attack Seal, then when he uses Defense Resistance Link on another unit, he could give a nearby unit plus five attack and speed and plus eight defense and resistance. And that's even before you might use any other supports. So, you know, plus five to attack and speed already is pretty amazing from one unit, plus eight to defense and resistance, also pretty amazing from one unit. And you can do all of those. And, you know, this is just the only five-star skill right now is defense resistance link. Drive Speed is available at four stars. Drive Attack Seal, hopefully everybody has that. So this, I think, would be a really strong build for Marth. So I also don't, don't forget about Blade Tome users. If you give a Blade Tome user Defense Resistance Link and you also give them Odd Attack Wave on their C-slot, then they could get buffed plus six to three stats. And all that they would need to do that is get one use of reposition, which you might already have on your team anyway. So that would be incredibly powerful uh, for a Blade Tome build. But let's get back to Bride Sanaki, and let's take a look at the other skills that are not new that she comes with. So the next one is Drawback. I think generally Drawback is a good skill for mages, but when you're talking about flyers, then you generally would prefer reposition on them. She also comes with Attack Resistance Bond, and this kind of seems like a theme for Sanaki, coming with really high attack and resistance, and uh, Intelligent Systems seems to like Attack Resistance Bond as a skill for Sanaki, and I don't think it's the best Bond skill out there. It, it does work fairly well with her kit, because those are the stats she already has that are really high. So I would say the best IV uh, for entering the Mass Duel Simulator is probably plus attack minus defense, but as a lot of uh, units that tend to want to be used in the player phase work, then a plus speed build can work pretty well with her too. Uh, minus HP, minus resistance aren't going to hurt her too much. If you're planning on using her on a flyer team, or if you get a plus speed IV, then I would consider giving her Swift Sparrow and Desperation. But otherwise, I think she's not going to be fast enough to really benefit from speed boosting skills. And I would actually say that you're better off than focusing on just boosting her attack if you don't have a plus speed IV or if you, you aren't going to use her mainly on a flyer team. So for the build that I'm going to use in the simulator, I'm going to give her Iceberg as her special, Death Blow as her A slot skill to focus on boosting her attack in the player phase. And this one isn't maybe the best skill for her, but I'm going to give her Axe Breaker as her B slot skill. There's not like tons of Axe users out there, but it will help her KO some of the, you know, some of the, maybe the armor units that come with Axes or maybe some of the other units out there um, that are formidable Axe users. 
And so again, I don't know if this is the best B-slot skill for her, but I did find that it was one of the best skills to help her in the Mass Duel Simulator. I'm also going to give her Resistance Poi as her Sacred Seal, uh, because it's going to help her do more damage to all of her foes. Though, um, you know, there again, I'll mention just one more time that there are probably some better skills out there than Axe Breaker. So if you can think of any other skills that you would put on Sanaki, I'd be interested in hearing what you might put. Uh, if I, I just don't think she's fast enough to run Desperation, and I'm not sure that there's anything else that I would really strongly consider on her. So for the sake of the simulator, I'm going to assume that Bride Sanaki has one ally within two spaces of her. You know what? Scratch that. I'm going to go through and I'm going to go uh, the extra mile for you guys in this episode, and I'll tell you uh, how Bride Sanaki does with all different numbers of allies next to her within two spaces. So let's go through how well Bright Sanaki does in the Mastel Simulator. So when Bright Sanaki is initiating combat with no allies within two spaces of her with this build, she wins 37% of matchups in the player phase. When you get one ally next to her, then she wins 42% of matchups. And with two allies next to her, she boosts up quite a bit, up to 49%. So that's interesting. It seems to be two allies next to her helps her out quite a bit. Uh, it's probably a lot to do with adding the four extra speed that she gains. That probably helps her over a threshold where she's able to double a lot of other enemies. With three allies within two spaces, she wins 52% of matchups. So doesn't go up that much higher from two allies being next to her. In the enemy phase, for this I'll just assume there's one ally next to her, and in the enemy phase she's not going to do really well at all. She only wins 16% matchups when she has one ally within two spaces of her. So looking at the red units, uh, she really only takes out some of the slowest red units or some of the red units with really low resistance. So some units are Sword Reinhardt, Arden, Seeper, uh, Sanaki's Red Mage version, so those are some of the units that she can take out that are red units. Uh, for blue units, she actually does really well, so not too surprising as a green unit. Uh, really, the only units she loses to are Effie, Harden, and Noe. Looking at other green units, I'm actually a little disappointed in how she fares against green units. She does take out a lot of the low-res flyers, so she takes out units like Spring Camilla, uh, Minerva, Churchy, and Baruka. And so that's how she does with that build. Some other things that I think you might want to consider is giving her chill resistance as a B-slot skill. Uh, you can either do that or give her resistance poi as either a C-slot skill or a seal. You can also give her the Grand Blade Tome. And you know that's a little bit more expensive, but it is going to help her out quite a bit, just like it helps out Bride Minion, giving her a Blade Tome. Uh, she is going to do Bright Sanaki is going to do quite a bit better with the Blade Tome as well. So let's take a quick look at how Bright Sanaki does when she has Grand Blade, and we'll change her special over to Glimmer. We'll give her Swift Sparrow as her A slot skill, and give her Hone and Fortify Fire Buffs. So in the player phase, she's going to do a lot better now than she did before. With Fire Buffs, she's going to KO 90% of the units that she comes up against. So more than two times the units that she gets without a Blade Tome and without, even when she has all the allies next to her, 
three allies next to her, she's still going to do almost two times better with ground blade, so that's interesting there. If she doesn't have those honed fort fortified fire busts, though, she's not going to do better than she would if she had her default tone. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a decision of how much you want to invest in Bride Senaki and how good you want her to be. And if you want, you know, if you're going to have the allies next to her, it's going to boost her up, but still not be as strong as the Blade Tongue is. Uh, and still, I guess, need some allies next to her with a Grand Blade anyway to be giving her rally skills or, you know, home or fortified buffs or however you're going to give her the buffs that she needs for the, the Blade Tongue to be really good. So, looking at how well she does in her matchups with a Grand Blade. So actually not a single blue unit escapes her wrath with Grand Blade and Fire Buffs. Uh, looking at green units, Julia, Deirdre, Winter Lissa, those are some of the only units that survive her, her attacks. And Bright Sanaki gets 83% of wins, even against red units, so that's incredibly strong. Uh, blade Tones are just so strong as weapons in the game. So looking at where different sites have rated Bright Sanaki, Gamepedia has placed Bride Sanaki in their A tier, in the same tier as units like Nino and Spring Camilla. Halloween Henry and Performing Arts Amigo are actually the only two units that they put as rated more highly than Bride Sanaki. Game Press has given Bride Sanaki a 4.5 and a 5 rating. And I would have to agree that with a Blade Tome, I would give her a 4.5 out of 5. I think if we take away her Blade Tome, give her her default weapon, then I would have to give Bride Sanaki a 4 out of 5. So I think that Game Press is probably going to put her in their second tier. I think she's going to fall in the same tier as units like Olwyn, Halloween, Henry, and Gunthra. And it's actually kind of interesting that there's no Green Tome user that's actually in the first tier uh, for Game Press. So let's get over to the third and final bride on the new Bridal Blue banner, and that's Bride Tharja. So Bride Tharja is a red tome infantry unit. Her stats are incredible, coming from somebody who loves using player phase mages. So Bride Tharja comes with 151 BST, and it's made up of 39 HP, an insane 35 attack and 35 speed, and 21 defense and resistance. And I think that this stat distribution solidifies Bride Tharja as one of the best infantry red mages in the game at the moment. She has three more attack, two more speed than one of my favorite heroes in the game, Celica. And although Celica gains plus five attack and speed with Ragnarok when she has 100% HP, Tharja's weapon, useful Fire Posey, gives her plus three speed and the potential for a lot more attack and speed with the same sorts of constraints that Bride Sinaki had with Niffle Frost Flowers. Who knew, by the way, that these two warring kingdoms, they had flora that were so alike with the same effects on them. So similarly to Bride Sinaki, Bride Tharja can also gain plus six attack and plus six speed from her tome, plus the plus three speed that her tome has built in if she has three allies within two spaces of her during combat. And that's also before we consider the plus five additional attack and plus five additional speed that she can get from her default attack speed bond skill. So when we add all of that together, that adds plus 11 attack and plus 14 speed, higher than her base stats, if she has three units within two spaces of her and one of them adjacent to her during combat. So if you like player phase units like I do, then 
ask, is your mouth watering a little bit when you think about Garja with 60 attack and 49 speed at neutral IVs? So I think Bride Garja, she ends up to being a lot like Ishtar in terms of her just absolutely astronomical attack and speed with the unique tomes that each of them have. Though I think Ishtar's still a little bit better than Bride Garja because she gets that minus one cooldown count built into her weapon. So before we get into the rest of Bride Darge's skills and matchups, I want to take just a brief detour and come with me here because I want to compare Bride Darja to Bride Cordelia because both of them have really, really similar stat spreads. So both Bride Darja and Bride Cordelia have 35 attack and 35 speed. Tharja ends up with three more HP, two more defense, and one less resistance as compared with Cordelia. And I think it's a legitimate question to ask which one of these really powerful offensive brides is better. If I'm trying to think of arguments in Tharja's favor, I would say, number one, she has a slightly higher BST than Bride Cordelia. Number two, Bride Tharja targets a foe's resistance. And in, on average in the game, resistance is a little bit lower on the average unit than defense. So she's going to be just a little bit stronger in that sense. And then number three is that Tharja's tome allows her to reach much higher levels of attack and much higher levels of speed than Cordelia can. So those are the arguments in favor of Tharja being the better unit. The arguments in favor of Cordelia being the better unit is that she can equip Brave Bow and she can attack twice as a result of that before the foe can attack her. She can also equip a Fire Sweep Bow and she can completely prevent a foe from retaliating at all. Cordelia also has effectiveness against flyers, and she operates outside of the weapon triangle, and you know, not too many people are equipping Raven Tomes anymore, so there's not too many units in the game that are going to have effectiveness over her. So those are kind of the arguments for both sides of things. I think overall both heroes are fantastic, but I have to give the edge to Bride Cordelia because of her access to Brave and Fire Sweep bows, I think that puts her over the top. So I know these are two completely different you know, classes of weapons, a, a tone versus uh, you know, a bow, and maybe this should be a future uh, character clash. Maybe this is uh, like a pseudo-character clash that I'm getting into here. Maybe we should actually survey people and see what people think on this. But those are some of my thoughts about this. I'm interested in, in your guys' opinions about this as well. But I think just Bright Garja, she's fast enough to be doubling a lot of units in the game. But in order to get that second attack off, she's going to have to get attacked by the enemy. And to do that, she's either going to be taking hits, or if she has desperation, she's going to have to somehow get down to desperation range in order to be able to double. So I think that puts her at a disadvantage. But I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if you guys agree with me or if you would argue in favor of Tharja being the stronger unit. Anyway, that was a little detour there. Uh, let's get back to talking about Bride Tharja. So Bride Tharja comes with a new skill called Speed Faint, and this skill gives minus seven debuffs in cardinal directions after she is rallied or after she rallies an ally. So keep in mind that this is a B-slot skill, not a C-slot skill, and I think this type of a skill, just like the, the Link skill, that I was just talking about. These skills might make things a little bit more interesting in the game for trying to promote people using different assist skills. Uh, you know, whereas skills like reposition are very commonly used already, 
rally skills are a, le a lot less common in the game right now. So it would be interesting to see if rally skills become a little bit more common as more faint skills or potentially other skills that depend on rallies are introduced into the game. So let's take another quick detour here and compare speed faint to speed ploy because both of these skills have similar effects. So let's take a look and, and think a little bit about what are some of the advantages and disadvantages to this new skill, Speed Faint. So first, let me lay out some advantages for Speed Faint. The first is it debuffs more. So Speed Faint debuffs speed by seven, and Speed Ploy only debuffs speed by five. They both work in cardinal direction, so that's the same. Speed Faint can actually be used multiple times on the same turn. If you have either a Dancer, and Darja can rally more than once, or you can have her rally a unit, and a unit rally her, and she can operate this debuff in multiple different lines of attack. So you can potentially debuff everybody on the team, even if they're in different lines of attack. Another advantage for Speed Faint is it doesn't depend on the resistance of the unit using it. So you can put this skill on any unit in the game, and it doesn't matter what their stats are, they can use this skill. Also, Speed Faint can't be defended against. So, you know, whereas Speed Ploy compares two units' uh, resistance, there's nothing you can do to prevent a unit from activating Speed Faint on you. So those are the advantages for Speed Faint. Now let's take a look at some of the disadvantages for it compared to Speed Ploy. So the first one is that it sacrifices one of your unit's turns. So Speed Ploy operates as a passive skill. You don't have to do anything to even activate it. Whereas Speed Faint, you have to use a rally for either uh, Bright Darja or whatever unit has this skill, or for another unit on your team using it on the unit that has it equipped. The second thing is it's, it's kind of hard for the unit that has Speed Faint equipped to take advantage of it unless you have a dancer with them in the game, because if you want to use the skill on an enemy, then the unit with Speed Faint is going to have to be in line with the enemy that she wants to debuff to take advantage of this. A third disadvantage to this skill is it's going to require her or an ally to equip an assist skill, and a lot of people don't bring any assist skills on their team into combat with them. The one exception to this is obviously in the arena, and it's, I think the skill would be really strong in the arena in particular, because a lot of people use dual rally skills already, so you're not really gonna have to change uh, the types of units that you bring into the arena. And then the last disadvantage for Speed Faint is that right now the skill is locked to a seasonal unit. We'll see if Faint skills are eventually released at non-seasonal units, but at least Speed Ploy, which is still locked to five stars, uh, at least it comes on uh, a unit that's in the summoning pool in Deirdre. So that's just my little sub-analysis there of Speed Faint versus Speed Ploy. I think they can both be really strong skills. Uh, I do think it's a bit hard to say exactly which units are going to do well with Speed Faint equipped if you have an extra Bright Darja to fire the skill off to somebody else. I would say that if you pull an extra Bright Darja though, I would consider giving this skill to somebody on your arena core that's a pretty high scoring arena unit that you use. Uh, I wouldn't give it to an armor unit because bold and eventual fighter skills are a lot stronger. But think about giving it to an infantry unit on your arena team. And if you do that and you already bring rally skills with you to the arena, then it's going to be a lot easier to activate these skills and to have a pretty big impact on your arena matches.
So getting back to Bride Tharga's other skill, she comes with attack speed bond as her A slot skill. And this is actually my favorite bond skill in the game. I think it's best in, uh, you know, it's obviously best these two skills in the player phase, but it's kind of an awkward skill to have a unit next to you. And sometimes you're going to have to end up moving and wasting another unit's turn to activate attack speed bond in the player phase. So it's a little bit unfortunate, but it is my favorite bond skill. So let's take a look at a budget build for Bride Tharja and bring her into the Masculine Simulator and see how she fares. So for the budget build for her, I'm going to keep her tone and I'm going to keep attack speed bond too, though you might wish to consider replacing it with either Swift Sparrow or Fury if you find it too hard to activate attack speed bond in the player phase. So I'm going to also give Bride Tharja Moonbow as her special and Desperation as her B-slot skill replacing Speed Faint. Uh, I think the best IP for Tharja is probably plus attack minus resistance, but she's a typical player phase unit. She's going to do well with plus speed. She's going to do fine with minus defense or minus HP as well. So again, just like I did with Bride Sanaki, I'm going to go through and tell you how well Bride Tharja does with different numbers of allies next to her, since it makes a difference in how much attack and speed her tone gives her. With no allies within two spaces and her bond skill inactive, she gets 32% of wings when she initiates combat. When she has one ally next to her, so she's going to be getting one ally for her tome and her bond skill activates, she gets 59% of wings in the player phase. So that's a pretty huge jump, and most of that is due to her bond skill activating more so than her tome activating. So that's pretty big to have her bond skill activating in the player phase. That's really important for her to win a lot of matchups. She almost doubles how good she is. When she has two allies next to her, her win rate goes up to 65%, and with three, she goes up to 69%. So not a huge difference adding an extra ally, like adding two or three allies as compared to adding that first ally. That's what's the really important thing to activate that bond skill. So when we activate Desperation in the player phase, we'll take down her HP by about 10 uh, HP, so Desperation activates. Then she wins between 75 and 88% of matchups, depending on how many allies she has next to her, as long as her bond skill is active as well. So that is huge. As long as she has somebody activating her bond skill in the player phase, with or without Desperation active, she can be a really strong player phase unit, which isn't surprising given her pretty amazing attack and speed. So looking at her in the enemy phase with different numbers of allies next to her, so with zero allies within two spaces and her bond skill inactive, she only wins 30% of matchups when the enemy initiates combat. When she has one ally next to her and her bond skill activates, she wins 50% of matchups. So again, that first ally next to her is so important in both player and enemy phase. When she has two allies, she goes up to 55% win rate and only 56% when she has three allies next to her. So I think a lot of that is due to her increasing her speed in the enemy phase. Um, by increasing her speed, she really boosts her performance in the enemy phase. And at a certain point, it doesn't really make a difference having two or three allies next to her. She's already doubling a lot of the units probably at that point that she can counter. So I think my take-home message for Bride Darja here is that she really benefits from having one unit next to her and activating that bond skill. Uh, you might want to consider 
other skills like Fury and Swift Sparrow, as I mentioned before, if you try out Ride Tharja, and if you just find it too hard to get a unit next to her, then these other skills are going to be a lot better for her. So, Bright Tharja, just taking a look at some of her matchups. So, she's going to do really well against colorless units, which actually kind of surprised me, and ranged units overall, she does really well against. And adding adjacent allies next to her is what makes it, it actually makes the biggest difference for her red matchups. By adding a unit next to her and activating uh, attack speed bond or activating her tone, she's actually going to improve her red matchups a lot more than her blue matchups or her green matchups. She actually really struggles with killing blue units a lot, and that surprises me a little bit. Uh, obviously, I know she doesn't have the weapon triangle advantage, she has a disadvantage, but even so, uh, she really does struggle against those blue units more than I would expect her to. So, with one ally next to her and with attack speed bond active, she ends up KOing 61% of red units, 30% of blue units, 58% of green units, and 89% colorless bows. So you can see she's really strong pretty much across the board, but with a pretty significant weakness to blue units. So looking at where different sites have rated Bright Darja, Gamepedia has temporarily placed Bright Darja in their A-plus tier. In the same tier as they put Halloween Noe and Sanaki, behind only Winter Tharja and Lolino with a really powerful four-blaze refinement. Uh, Game Press actually rated her as a 4.5 out of 5 as well. So they gave all three new units a 4.5 out of 5 rating. And this is the hardest unit for me to predict which tier they're going to put her in. So I'm really interested in seeing what they end up doing. What my thought is, is I think they're going to place Bride Garja in tier 2. I think her Winter Alt is still a lot better than she is. But this is kind of a tough call putting her in the second tier. Because looking at the other units in the second tier, we have Sacred Memories Erica. We have Halloween Noe, we have Sanaki, and I do think that Bright Darja is better than those three units. When thinking about Celica, so I think that even as much as I love Celica, and as much as everybody who plays Fire Emblem Heroes seems to love Celica based on the Choose Your Legends too, I do think that Bright Darja is a little bit better than Celica. And I think she's on par with Refined Formblaze Lolina. And all of those mages that I just mentioned are all in the second tier, aside from Winter Tharja, who's in the first tier. So I think she's going to be placed in the second tier, and I think that maybe we're going to see a little bit of a shakeup with the red mages, and we might see a few of them drop down to the third tier when uh, Game Press updates their tier list. We'll see. But I think she's the hardest one for me to place. I want her to be in the first tier because of how good she is, but I don't think she's as good as a unit like Ishtar. I don't think any of these mages are as good as, as Ishtar was on the last banner because of her minus one cooldown count on her weapon. So getting into my hero ratings and where I place these three new heroes, it's actually pretty hard for me to rate them. First of all, because Tharja and Sanaki's tomes that they come with, they vary a lot based on how many units are next to them. So that makes it hard to figure out exactly how good they are, when some of how good they are depends on how good you are at positioning your units. Of course, that makes things a little bit more challenging to rate them as well, um, to rate them highly when other units' positioning matters a lot to how good they are. So another thing that's tough to compare is having a dancer on the unit as well. So it's also tough to compare dancers to non-dancer units and think about their utility. So 
Here's what I would say for how I break these units on this banner and how I'm going to prioritize polling for them. If you don't have New Year's Azura, then I think Bride and Minion should probably be the number one unit that you want to acquire from this banner. You don't need to have a Flying Dancer on your team, but I think it is a pretty fun niche to have, and there's only two Flying Dancers right now. So I think you do want to have one of them if you can. So again, if you, do, if you don't have New Year's Azura, Bride Minion is number one. Number two, I would say, is Bride Tharja, and Bride Sanaki is third. But honestly, I don't think a ton separates Bride Tharja and Bride Sanaki. So if you like using flyers over infantry units, then I think Sanaki is going to be more fun for you to use. On the other hand, if you already have New Year's Azura, then I would actually put Bride Tharja as the most important unit to summon for. And then I would put Bride Sanaki, and finally I would put Bride Minion. So keep in mind, my ratings are mostly based on their stats, their utility in the game, the skills that they come with, and I did want to just account for this difference of what you're coming in to this banner with. So, of course, if you like any of these units, this goes for any single banner in the game. You don't need to listen to my advice about which units to pull for. All of these units can be good units, and I rate all of them as a, uh, a 4.5 out of 5 potential. So, personally, my favorite unit on the banner, if you couldn't tell based on my enthusiasm, for describing Bright Tharja is her, and it's because of her insane attack and speed. But she is a bit of a glass cannon, and she is going to have to take some attacks if she doesn't one-hit KO units. Bright Sanaki is a powerful nuker. She's going to be able to one-hit KO a lot of units in the game. And Bright Minion, she has pretty low BST, but she can be really strong, as I pointed out, with a blade tone, or she can be a really fantastic support unit without really much inheritance at all. So going back to some of the new skills on this banner, I think there's nothing wrong with keeping Speed Faint on Bride Tharja or a Defense Resistance Link on Bride Sanaki. You notice that I didn't use them in the Masculine Simulator because I don't think they significantly improve their matchups and they're hard to use to improve their matchups in particular. Um, but I'm actually going to be using Refined, Marth, uh, Refined Falchion Marth with Bride Tharja, Bride Sanaki, and the original Dragon version of Minion in the Tempest Trials that's coming up. And I'm really excited to try out Speed Faint and Defense Resistance Link more in Tempest Trials to see how well it works and how easy they are to use. So I'm also excited to try out Tharja and Sanaki's new tomes. And I've played around a little bit with this, this four-unit team in the Training Tower. And I was actually amazed at how much more damage Tharja can do when she has her allies come over and join her. So I actually... Um, my refined Falchion uh, Marth, that was the most recent refinement that I did with Divine Dew. I gave him Drive Attack as his seal, Drive Speed as his sea slot skill. So I know that Tharja has a thing for Robin in Fire Emblem Awakening, but she's actually going to be enjoying Marth's company quite a bit in the upcoming Loki's Flames Tempest Trial Plus. So speaking of the up uh, upcoming Tempest Trials Plus, I just briefly wanted to go over the new seals that we've data mined that we're going to receive. So we know for sure that we're going to be getting Fire Formation, which is a skill that was previously exclusive to Alincia and Wings of Fate Pinoka. And we're going to be getting that as a seal, and we know that because Intelligent Systems released that information in in-game announcement board. And of course, by the time a lot of you listen to this, these seals will already be in the game. So we'll know for sure about all of these seals. The second seal that we think we're going to receive 
that was in a data mine is Speed Smoke. And this was previously exclusive to Sigurd at five stars and fallen to Kubin at four stars. But of course, we only got two copies or three copies of him, I guess. And then the third seal that we're going to be getting is our very first dual stat boosting skill, Attack Defense. And so far, we've only gotten this skill on Finn, New Year's Corrin, and the only summonable unit with it is Spring Prom. So I'm actually excited about all three of these new seals. I've been saving up coins for whatever seals we were about to get, and I'm planning on using uh, most of my, my coins to enhance all three of these seals all the way. I don't actually use Fire Formation a ton right now in the game because it's a pretty competitive skill, and there's a lot of other really good B-slot skills for fires that I think often are better for them. But I think it's going to be fun to have it on a seal, and it's not going to have to compete anymore with other B-slot skills. So it can actually be a really good skill on flying dancers, like New Year's Azura or Bride Minion, if you happen to have her. Uh, so the other seals uh, with Speed Smoke, I'm actually most excited about Speed, Speed Smoke being released because it's another 240 SP seal. I think it's going to be really nice in the arena. I have a few extra singers that I've pulled as pity breakers uh, over the last you know, six months or so. And I think I'm, I'm really excited to stop having to hoard my extra pity breaker singers. And I can finally merge them together and make a stronger singer now that we have close defense and speed smoke in the game with seals. So even the attack defense dual stat boosting skill, I think it's going to be a pretty nice seal that I'm going to upgrade. It's only going to take 100 coins to fully enhance because it starts off uh, at kind of a level 2 version and it only has one extra upgrade from there. So it'll be attack defense 1, it'll require 100 coins to get it to attack defense 2, and that'll be its max level. And I actually think that we're going to see a lot more of these dual stat boosting skills over time. Uh, I think we're, you know, we have four copies of all of the single stat boosting skills at this point. So I think we might start seeing dual stat boosting seals from future squad assault maps. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that in June when we get our next squad assault map. A few units that might do well with attack defense. So I'm excited to use it on Lucas, Dorcas, and Hinata when I use them in arena assault. I think the plus two attack and defense is going to work really nicely. Um, they're already pretty high attacks and defenses. So this has been a fairly long episode going over these three new units, and we took a couple of detours along the way, talking about Tempest Trials and Seals, and talking about some of the skills, and even doing a, a miniature version of a character clash uh, on this banner review. So I hope you guys have enjoyed my analysis of the new Bridal Bloom units. If you have any questions or any thoughts about which unit from this banner you think is the best, if you have any ideas about how to use Defense Resistance Link or Speed Faint that I haven't talked about, if you have any other thoughts about you know, maybe which seals we're going to be getting in Tempest Trials that you want to enhance, then feel free to send me an email at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. It's a pleasure having you listening today. And I'll catch you next time on the next episode of Phaeology.